Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome back to Good Talks. I am Marie Murataya. And my name is Mark Little. Today's episode is brought to you by Bean Chata. When Horchata just won't do, Bean Chata is the drink for you. Fully endorsed by Justin Bieber. And Pablo. And Pablo. Pablo Del Mar? Yes. Ah, yes. Pablo Del Mar, indeed. So you want to talk about NFTs? Is that what you're saying? Actually, yes and. All right. Well, let's just have a brief. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us us, uh, like a brief. Okay. Give us a little 101 on NFTs for anybody that's interested. And I actually genuinely mean this is a good thing because I know for me, it's something that I know could be very valuable for yes. my audience. Sure. But the people that maybe follow me on social media or my customers, my like ideal customers, yeah. aren't probably, they're probably in the same phase with it as me. Like we've heard enough about it. Okay. Yeah. Like what is it? So maybe give us like a brief, like very, as brief as you can synopsis of it. But you do have a video on this too that we can always link. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. So just okay. keep that in mind. All right. Go for it. NFTs. Are, it stands for non-fungible token, which means it... It doesn't grow fungus? That's not that's not what it means. Oh, uh, it means that one token is rare, is unique. So if you think about something, it's, it's all tied in with cryptocurrency. So if you think about Bitcoin or Ethereum... Or let's just use those two as the big examples because those are like the biggest crypto examples that people know of. One Bitcoin, I could, it's just like a US dollar. I can trade you, your dollar for my dollar. And at the end of the day, they're both worth a dollar. Okay. I mean, assuming that it's not like some special serial number or, you know, that there's nothing crazy about it like that. So that those things are all fungible, interchangeable. A non-fungible token is like if I had the Mona Lisa and you had an Andy Warhol. Oh, man. I wish you would have said Starry, Starry Night. Whatever. That just crushed me. Oh, I don't think you need to be crushed. Uh, It's just an example. All right. So those are both unique, right? And those are, assuming we had the certificate of authenticity for both of those, those are both provably that thing and they're the original one. So... NFTs are, and they're more than this, but a lot of what is being used, a lot of what the technology is being used for at this point is art. Uh, And essentially each picture, so say you you make a collection and has all these pictures in them, one's Starry Starry Night, one's Mona Lisa, one's an Andy Warhol painting. And then each one has its own identification number and because it's all tied to the blockchain, which is essentially an open ledger, which is essentially a book that everyone can look at. If you have access to the internet, you have access to see this thing. And so you can prove that you own your thing and I can prove that I own my thing. And you can prove that you own the version of the thing that you claim you own. Okay. So. So two questions for you. Yeah. My first question, and I'm going to ask both the questions so we don't forget them. Ask away. My first question is, when you're using the example of the Mona Lisa and the Andy Warhol painting, that's an example. That is an example. You're talking more about like the artwork would be digital art. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Thank you. So yeah. Okay. Everything we're talking about right now is within 
the digital realm. Yeah, we're not talking about the actual Mona Lisa and the actual Andy Warhol being used with NFTs and then right, shipping them. Right, those are just them. examples, yeah. yeah. Just, just clarifying. And yeah. then my second question is, what makes this, what is more valuable from this? Like, what at, if, if I'm looking into investing in cryptocurrency, why would I do, why would I invest in NFTs versus Bitcoin? Like, what is, because it's so big or it's getting so big and talked about so much. Yeah, yeah. So well, why okay, do let's, that? Let's say this is, you know, you, this is the classic disclaimer. It's not financial advice, right? This is just, right. all we're doing is, is talking about what they are. I'm not saying well, I'm not saying that anyone should buy them. Okay, or, but, but... But I understand the what's question. What's the hype? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? The hype is an interest in the technology. So the technology allows... It, there's a hype from a lot of different standpoints. So from an artist standpoint, you can put out a piece of your artwork and you can sell it on a marketplace. You could always do that though, right? But now what you can do is because each one of these, so say you make art piece A and it is a picture of a sunflower and you want to sell that picture of a sunflower and someone buys it online for one Ethereum. Let's just say that's what it is. And you can write into the contract attached to that picture of the sunflower that every time it sells in the future, you, the original creator, gets a percentage royalty of that sale, no matter how many years it is in the future, mm. as long as the blockchain it was created on still exists. <clears throat> and you know maybe, maybe it doesn't have to be that specific blockchain in the future, maybe they figure that out. But let's just say for the sake of how things are right now, as long as Ethereum still exists in the future, as long as that that record book, that ledger, that entire history still exists, the contract will know that your wallet, Marie's wallet, will get sent 10% of whatever this sells for in the future. So, As if I was the original creator. Yeah, you just, you get... Yeah, exactly. If you're if you're the original creator, so and the thing is, is that it's it doesn't have to be that way, right? But it just depends on how you write the contract. That's what's so interesting to a lot of people is the technology behind smart contracts. Jeez. Mm -hmm. So there could be big incentive for a single creator in mm -hmm. a sense, and then isn't there ways in the contracts to write them um, so that way anybody who buys your NFT mm -hmm. then can always get a percentage too. I know you've talked to me about this. So like, yeah. let's say you're the creator and then I'm one of the first people to, and I'm going to get real technical because I actually know some things now from you, mm. but let's say I'm the one of the first people like mint, right? That would be the correct verbiage to yeah, mint to your, mint so that means I'm basically investing in your project yeah. and I'm buying an NFT. Um, yeah. Can I just set up what that looks like real quick? Sure. Okay. So because I, I know what I'm talking about now and I'm real thrilled. Yeah, exactly. Just to make it, just to make it clear. <laughs> so like I, if I created the project, I, I create Mark's art and I create pieces, you know, one through a hundred, I build my own website. This is one way to do it. I build, build my own website and I have a mint and that mint is a public sale and say, Marie, you come to the website and you're like, okay, I want to buy one. So you click mint on the website, you pay the Ethereum, whatever I decided the price of that NFT would be. Uh, and then of course there's like, there's, it's what's called a gas fee, which is the fee that you pay just to use the network. Um, and that's just 
that's just the nature of it. So you buy that thing, you minted it. It's now in your wallet. It's now your possession. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So then let's say in the contract, somehow it allows me to be able to then resell that. Right. You can can always resell it. Okay. But then isn't there, aren't there ways for the people that are buying them? Oh yeah. They don't have to be the original creator to still make a consistent profit off of it. So like, even though I sell it, so now let's say um, we'll we'll use Chad, your brother. So yeah. now let's say I sell it to Chad, yeah, and it's out of my wallet, right? Yeah. But every time it gets resold, I will make like five percent or whatever. So there, yeah, I mean, okay, realistically, there's as let's assume that there are no regulatory laws for a minute because that that can get into a place where you're like, sure. well, I don't know if I can do this and I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, that's with everything though. Yeah, but so technologically speaking, yeah, absolutely. Okay. You, you could, there could be a thing that says, since you minted it, you will get X percent from every sale forward. And since, yeah. say, I'm, I created the original project, right? So I would have written that into the contract. Right. And, and maybe I said, I also get a percentage. Or maybe I said, I don't need a percentage. I don't care. I just make art for the love of it. And that initial first sale yeah, is enough. good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a project called World of Women that Gary Vee has been talking about for a long time. And now I think it sits at like something something along the lines of a seven Ethereum floor, which is about uh, a little over fourteen, fifteen thousand $15,000 today. It's World of Women. What's this project? So the project, the reason I bring it up is because there are specific NFTs in that collection. I think it's a, a 10,000 profile picture collection. Um, I think it's 10,000. I'm not exactly, I, I don't, don't remember. But there are five-ish within that collection. If you own them, you'll get... That those five split a percentage of all the aftermarket sale royalties. So in a collection that has 10,000 pieces and each piece is trading for, you know, seven to eight Ethereum and say their royalty just for ease of numbers is 10%, you know, that collection might pull in 80 Ethereum in a month I mean, that's probably way lowballing it, but they might pull that much in and then 10% of that 80, so eight Ethereum could be split among four people who hold specific NFTs. And so because those NFTs have that utility, they have that use, people will pay a lot more for those because now they're looking at them not as just uh, an investment in the art or whatever, but they're looking at it as an investment that is kind of, you know, paying them dividends, paying them royalties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, lots of incentive there, I would say. Yeah. That'd be what I want to pay for, like, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Yeah. Anything else you want to add, or can I ask one more question? No, ask ask away. Why Mint? Like, why is it called Mint? Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess because you, like, mint money, or I, I'm, not, oh. I'm not exactly sure why, but that's, like, the first, you know, if you make a new coin... Technically, you're minting coins, right? Like, I guess so. That's All what right. the, the Federal Reserve does or whatever. Darn, I thought this conversation was going to get a little bit funny. Oh. I was ready to goof around about minting. Oh, I mean, go ahead. Goof. Have a goof. Nah. I'm over no. No, say it. something funny past. about mints. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so that's, that's all interesting. And then now they're getting to a point where it's not just art people are using it for 
alternative ways to raise raise capital where i were gonna say raise cattle i was waiting for it oh maybe you might be able to Uh, like let's go let's get into farming industry with this well that's just that's the thing with all this technology is it's truly useful everywhere because i mean you could truly in a in a farming sense you could tag every cow and every cow could have an nft attached to it and so you would know uh okay when the cows on on january 1st within this within my corral i had you know 14,000 cows or whatever mm-hmm. by the time i marched them down the trail to margaret's corral i only had 12,800 okay well what happened to those and that's what other company like walmart has its own blockchain like a lot wow. of companies have their own blockchain for more you know, are less frivolous purposes. Not that, that all the NFT stuff is frivolous, but uh, more real world standard kind of classical business sure. stuff. Yeah. I'd it's be really interested to see what Amazon's is like. Yeah. Oh, but very cool. Super cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, where can we find more information out, sir? Uh, you can find more information. I, I would look at Gary V. Gary V, a hundred percent. I mean, I you missed the moment. Yeah, no, you I missed know. it. I know. Well, relax. First, do yours. Oh, okay. Then yeah. Gary V. We well, all know Gary V. Okay. Well, sure. Uh, yeah, I have a little bit of information on my YouTube channel, Type Nine. Gary V, if you're listening, we love you and we really are grateful for you. Okay. Oh that's yeah. It. That that no. that goes without saying. So Mark's YouTube channel is Type Nine. Yeah. So I guess if you Googled type nine nfts or just look in the notes i'm linking it yeah there we go i'm gonna make actually a video about uh the oogiverse and another one i've made many of those that's a project i'm in that i really like Mark, that i really love just call them by their real name what space apes that is they're not space apes anymore they used to be space <laughs> apes we had to migrate contracts it's a whole thing we we probably shouldn't get it get into it no i mean we can you want to no you're gonna make a video and when you make the video, we'll get into it. I, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be real honest with you. Go ahead. I don't want to hear about it right now. All right. <laughs> so what do you got for us? I heard about it all day. Nice. What do I have for you? Oh, I just thought you were going to change the subject very eloquently. Oh, okay. Perfect. Uh, today, oh no, yesterday I finished Atomic Habits. Yes. Um, I didn't read the very last chapter yet, but... Oh, well then... Well, it's like in the appendix. There's so oh. it's like it's like oh the book's done and then you can flip the page and there's like a thank you for reading the book and then there's another Cute. there's another thing that is kind of like a hyper condensed version of the book like the cliff notes version of the book it okay. seems um, which was kind of interesting but I was thinking about the Mecha Apes game while I was reading it so it was very hard to focus uh, and then there is another section after that that's a really good book why. I, why is it good? <laughs> oh my gosh. What a fun question. Uh, I'm just kidding. I know it's good. I gave it to you. Yeah. It has, it's definitely already improved my habits, I would say, um, and brought a certain level of awareness. It, I guess that's a beautiful thing about a book like that is there's a lot of stuff you already know. You're like, oh yeah, I know. I should, I should do this. I shouldn't do that or whatever. But then it brings it to the forefront of your consciousness and then you're like oh yeah. well okay now that i'm thinking about that i could change that right um and then not very much like this book talks about that just all these things just kind of snowball in a well it just depends if you're if you're snowballing with good habits it's in a positive way and if it's with bad habits it can be in a negative way sure um 
So I was actually talking to, or I was texting with KJ today and just telling him who kind of- Who is KJ? KJ is uh, my friend who I do our long form improv comedy show, The Rigmarole with on Thursday nights and Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific time. We uh, do long form improv. We do an hour of comedy stuff. Not It's not stand up. It's acting without a script comedically for about an hour based on audience suggestions totally made up very fun anyways uh we had a show the other day with a girl a woman a lady who is a an official groundling a groundling she's a groundling yeah she is a groundling which is pretty sweet um because we have both been groundling students uh but never been groundlings and for those of you who don't know, let's uh, flex a little bit. Like Will Ferrell's a groundling. Um, I don't know who else. Uh, Lisa oh, yeah, Kudrow. Is she a groundling? Phoebe from Friends. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the redheaded lady? Short, kind of chubby, funny. Melissa McCarthy? Yeah. She's a groundling. She is? Yeah, you don't oh, know I that. love her. Oh, yeah. Love so, her. Yeah, yeah. So basically, they've, they've got a good pedigree. But we uh, poached one of their ranks to join our show. Actually, she very... You've poached... Have you, haven't you you poached one before? Or just, mm. was it just her? She's the first official? Yeah, everyone else has been... Oh. Like, we've had people who, who are in Sunday Company, which uh, is also fantastic. It's just not... It's it's the step before being a groundling. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So it's like JV, JV versus varsity kind of thing. It's always so interesting to me, too, because I've seen both shows, mm. right? We've seen both. What do you mean? We've seen the Sunday Company before. Mm, no. No? But they, you've had people perform with you from Sunday Company. That is true. And, and like, we've, we've seen people who are in Sunday Company perform in other shows that were not Sunday Company. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we, and I'm just such a novice with it, I guess. Like, I don't, not that I don't see the difference, but like, I think they're all just as funny as the other. Like, I don't know. Sure. I enjoy them so much. And I'm like, can't you all, like, you too, you and KJ. I'm like, can't you, why aren't you groundlings? Like you, you're right up there with them. Well, like when you work together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, it's interesting. I mean, not to, aside from but I know they, any uh, objective, like, oh, because this or this, it's because we are not at that point in the program. No, I know that. And and, and they have worked for years and yeah. done a lot to get there. Um, and it's well-deserved. I'm not saying that. But it's just always so fun to me to see, I guess, you guys perform with these other people and feel like, yeah, you guys are doing it. You know? Oh, I love it. But anyway, so you were talking about, you finished Atomic Habits. You are talking about habits with him or something? Yeah, yeah. But basically, I was just, I was telling him, like, because we've done that show very, very consistently and it just makes me think of this book where he's just talking about, you know, essentially one day you'll look up and you're just like, oh, like all this good stuff I was doing, this is, this is where it led me, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it's just cool. It's, and it's cool to have gone from a show that we started doing on zoom that was just like, we don't even know what we're doing. Um, I, I mean, before that we started as a part of a 10 ish person team and that whittled all the way down to six. And then, you mm -hmm. know, we turned it into uh, our, our own thing. And I, I really wanted to take credit for it. I really want to say I after it, but you know what I mean? Uh, so it's really a, it's a team effort. Mm -hmm. I, I meant I, as far as starting it, but I didn't really start it. It was no. really Zeep's idea. It was, I was going to say there was an idea that formed and it wasn't either of your boys. It was, well, I had the idea. Uh, no, you don't think so? You didn't look, I had the thought look, and then you brought, you brought it up. How this 
relationship slash business partnership slash I don't know what else you want to call us. Okay. Whatever label you want to give. We know how this works. Okay. There's an idea man and then there is the follow through (sighs) person. They are two different people in our relationship. Okay. And this one is so funny because you might have had that idea, but you never vocalized it. Whereas the minute I have an idea, I voice it. And if it's a bad idea, it's a bad idea, but I voice it. Luckily, you were like, huh, I was thinking the same thing. And I thought, great, text him. Yeah, that's that's the step. That's the step that I wouldn't really do. Uh, and and But I said, do it now. But then I did it. And uh, let's just that's where the, the the credit lies with both of us. Yeah. yeah. But we have just two different skill sets. And of course, with him for uh, saying yes and being like, yeah, let's do it. Well, because he's probably a little bit of both of us. He is. And he's uh, he's the thank God. Yeah. That, thank God that he's there because uh, I would not be the one to send out emails and, and get all these all these great people to come and join us. Um, and but. KJ very much does that, and I'm super duper grateful for that. No, you guys. I mean, you're a good team. Yeah, we we are a good team. We, we just uh, most more than anything, we just have a lot of fun. Um, but the whole point mm-hmm. is that that habit has uh, has served us well, and I and I believe that it will continue to serve us well in the I future. That's all. I do too. It's a very awesome thing. It's very it's, fun. It's funny thinking about the way you're talking about like the habits and seeing them kind of. Um, the what would you call it like the fruition almost of stacking all these good habits and and what they do for you because when you start implementing like i call them mindful habits right when you start implementing things like that like making decisions about your health making you know creating good habits around your mental health and your mindfulness um and maybe just about you know your physical health and mm-hmm. it just like all kinds of things, the energy that you want to bring into situations, you know, you have to make mindful decisions about how you can, and, and not always, but sometimes like we can't control the environment, right? So there might be yeah. a tense thing that happens that can cause us to go into something negatively. But ultimately, like if we have the right things in place and we have our self-awareness heightened through that building of good habits, then we have more control over saying, well, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. So I can utilize maybe some tools or different things that I know work for me or strategies to help me kind of shift my perspective on the environment or on the situation. Um, and so all this to say, I was talking with, I on my own um, educator slash SLP podcast, I recently brought in a guest in my episode on this all airs next week, but um She's a wellness coach and and also a teacher Mm -hmm. from Canada. Her name's Grace. And she she and I were talking and she said something that really kind of enlightened me on all of this. And she was just like, you know, um, like, let's say you want to make more, like one of your goals for yourself is like to make more time for like meditation, make more time for yoga, make more time for kind of mindful habits um, or mindfulness habits. She was like, it's really not about have feeling the stress of making more time for something mm-hmm. versus actually like building in habits that allow you to find that mindfulness anywhere you are and have that self-awareness. Mm. Yeah. So, and I think part of that is just a perspective shift instead of looking at my schedule and saying, well, I'm so busy. Like, where am I going to add in yoga? Instead you look at it like, well, and I think it goes with that habit stacking, which is just yeah. so cool because you're like, okay, well, you know, on Tuesdays I work out, 
um, at the gym and they have a yoga class at three o'clock. So maybe I go to the gym at 2.30 and do a workout and then do yoga or whatever, yeah. right? And kind of figuring out like that, it's just reprioritizing your time almost to mm-hmm. to be able to build in these habits. Um, and when you do that and you do it consistently, again, you see the benefits of it yeah. or you see the repercussions of it, like yeah. depending on what kind of habits you're choosing to build. And I think that with that sort of stuff, the thing that this book really emphasizes is that it doesn't have to be, oh, I'm going to go spend a half an hour and do this. It can be like, start with two minutes. Yeah. And that's what has been really good for me is like, I'll wake up in the morning, meditate, journal, um, set, I set an, a, a timer, not an alarm, but a timer on my phone for an hour. And, yeah. and then I don't, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to turn my phone on or I'm not going to un airplane mode my phone until this hour is up. Yeah. And so it goes meditate, journal, timer, a little bit of yoga and stretching on the floor. And then I'm like, once that sequence is done, mm-hmm. and, th- and then after that pretty much comes like drink water, make coffee, sure. make tea. Sure. But just that that movement sequence in the morning is so nice and it really, really makes a difference just in my mood. I don't think that I wake up like a grumpy person really right. anyways, but sometimes if I wake up and then I'm immediately talking to people, I'm like, that, Ooh, yeah. that I don't love. You and I both. But doing that sequence in the morning, getting the blood flowing and just kind of feeling good. And I know like Tim Ferriss talks about that stuff too. So I, I just know it's a, an effective habit for many people. It's a, it's a good habit and I'm grateful for there it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's funny. Same thing. Like I, on, um, with probably all of these conversations in the, the book and everything in my head last week, I was so tired throughout the week. Like, and a part of it just had to do with myself not being more, um, I don't like to use the word rigid, but I guess that's what it comes down to. Like more rigid with myself on my, my bedtime, mm-hmm. just simple yeah. bedtime. Like, and, um, I, and then what would happen is like, I'd be like, Oh, I'm in, I'm in bed by nine. But like, I'd almost like immediately kind of reward myself with like quickly checking my phone one more time. Bad, bad. So, well, you know, just not, not optimal, not optimal. Not for me. No, for me, it's bad. I'm just going to be honest because if I check my phone, even if I just, I'm like, nope, just two minutes or whatever. Oh my gosh, that's two minutes that I may be spent on my phone. That's now probably 20 minutes. I won't fall asleep. Classic, classic phone. Phone. I mean, it's that, that it's, it could be, it's not not even the the blue light, like there's like so many great studies on like the, what the blue light does to you as far as sleep, but it's what that technology and being on there and scrolling through and cycling through all the apps and stuff does to your brain. It's just that level of stimulation. Mm -hmm. And so, um, anyway, so this, so on like over the weekend, I was like, okay, like this is it. I'm, I'm putting my phone far away from me. It's, it's living on in a different part of my room. Yeah where I put it down and then I get into bed and I can't reach for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before bed, you know, I'm like, you know what I, I need to do? I need to be very focused on like intentional stretching. And um, and then obviously I do my journaling, which is a very good time for me, but it it's that. And then maybe 10 minutes of reading, whatever mm-hmm. I'm reading, and then, you know, go to Lights bed. Out. Oh, and then the other thing too, though, was oh. my ashwagandha tea, like having a, like a tea that 
helps me just feel relaxed. Not like a bedtime tea. Those might be too much, but just something that kind of relaxes me um, that I feel like at least when I'm starting these habits out, that could be something that maybe I fade away if I don't always need it. But I think mm. having something like that just helps my brain start to shut off, which I need. Sure. So, And I mean, that's that's part of it is the sequence. Like your, yes. your, your brain understands the sequence just like I know when I get off work and I'll talk to you at first on the nights that you're not like already asleep <laughs> or almost asleep and you start out like really like wide awake or whatever and then you ju- your body just understands it's it's not even a conscious thing but <laughs> you just start to like start to fade and start to get sleepy and I know. that's just what it is and it's, you're always like all right go to bed yeah i mean it's it's just a seek i mean our bodies are very used to yeah. routines and and 100% one thing leads to the next and you're like oh I hear the sound or it's roughly this time and I hear the sound, like I know what that means. Yeah. yeah. And for sure, like you talking to me, I'm like, okay, I go to bed now. Um, but I will say like, f- so I did that. I started doing that Sunday night. Now I'm only like three days in or whatever, but it's interesting because I did all of, I did that sequence and usually I typically have the hardest time falling asleep on Sunday and Monday nights mm. before work because I think, you know, I don't know what to expect all the time from the work week. Um, well, you never it, know what to expect. It gets me a little anxious. And so my mm-hmm. brain just kind of runs. But having that sequence, I was out Sunday night by like 930. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Um, and then last night too, like I thought, oh, I might toss and turn tonight. Like I could kind of feel it. But I followed through with my sequence and um, I was fine. So super wow. interesting. Now it's only like a couple nights in, but you know. I'm just really proud of myself kind of for that follow through. Yeah. And um, very nice. One thing I noticed too, I had told you, I think too, when I take my vitamins too early or too late, like close to my bedtime, like vitamin C, like all those things that also keeps my brain a little bit more awake. So yeah, um, I'm like, okay, well, I've got to time that out. Yeah, and, definitely. And like tonight, I probably should have brought them here because we were recording and I now I'm going to wait till tomorrow to have them tomorrow morning because I don't want to mess up my sleep. So um, I didn't plan that one out. But because I know that, I'm just going to roll that into tomorrow so I don't mess up my nighttime routine. Um, so that's been, you know, it's been good. It's really what I'm doing is I'm just shifting my habits almost i'm I'm changing up my routine to work through that sequence um and maybe starting again like with the stretching i'm not gonna do maybe a full 20 minutes like i w- would want to right now it's like five minutes because i'm doing it little like i'm kinda, talking about before bed yeah okay just because like i'm still kind of working out the kinks of my schedule and i'm not trying to stress out over that if i want to yeah. get certain things done you know for like if i have journals i want to package or whatever um, so just an interesting tidbit there, but I guess my thing is, you know, it's doable. Yes, it is doable. Oh my God. Stop. That is a, that is a great way. That is a great way to explain that it is doable. You're, you're the worst. In what sense? The absolute worst. In what sense? You're just, you get so annoyed when people just have to talk through their brain, but your brain, when you're ready to talk through your brain, oh my gosh, the, the oogas and the. NFT mice that come out of it. Wow, just really trying to turn this into a battle. (laughs) Really trying to turn this into a battle. Oh my gosh. No, 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 no. Just saying. I enjoyed the book. You haven't read it. (laughs) 
<laughs> what the hell are you? I start. I start tonight. Oh my god! That'll be my ten minutes of reading. What in the world? All right. Well, thank you very much. On that, I mean, note, I enjoyed learning about it from you. My goodness. No, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. It's, no, it, you're having a hard time with it's this. A, it's a great book, and I would highly recommend it. Um, awesome. Okay. Well, on that note, I would say <laughs> this has been a good talk. I'm Marie Murataya. And my name is Mark Little. Thank you so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Bean Chata. When Hor Chata just won't do, Bean Chata is a drink for you. Fully endorsed by Justin Bieber. Goodbye.